I'm really uh, stoked to do this. It's been a while. We've been trying to catch up and get this done for a long time. Uh, a guy who might fly a little bit under the radar. You know him because his name is in his business, at least his first name. But beyond that, you might not. And it's a business that has really flourished over the past couple of now, gosh, decades, Adam. Uh, Adam Martin from uh, David Adams Card World joins us on this edition of Bull in the Basement. Did we first meet at the Pro Bowl in Hawaii? Is that where we first met? Do you recall? I uh, It was a blur because I think we were uh, at a bar all day or, or a few bars. But yeah, that's absolutely correct. That was sometime in a year that started with a nine, I think. Hey, I think you're right. It might have been 98 or nine. Yes, sir. And uh, I got to tell you, for people that are, you know, up in arms about the Pro Bowl and snubbing and everything, I, man, a Hawaii Pro Bowl, and I've been to an Orlando Pro Bowl. I know it's a long trip for a lot of people, and because of that, could be potentially expensive if they're bringing families or whatever. But, man, you know what's dependable in Hawaii? The weather. Right. Yeah. I mean, man, the Orlando Pro Bowl I went to a couple of years ago was brutal. It was probably 50 degrees. It was not cool. I know it's in Vegas this year and it's indoors, but Vegas, even this time of year, can sometimes be kind of tricky in terms of weather. But that was a blast. I got to ask you on that trip, um, I got a dollar bill, a one dollar bill because I had nothing else to sign, uh, signed by Eric Dickerson. So he was just sitting there watching like the all-star sand, you know, flag football game, whatever it was. I'm like, oh my God, it's Eric Dickerson. And all yeah. I, I had nothing to sign. And I happen to have a pen or a Sharpie. Is that worth anything more than the paper it's printed on? To you. <laughs> uh, I mean, sure. I mean, I think, you know, people ask me this kind of stuff all the time. And I, I'm, I don't, I have some wonderful people who uh, head up our whole memorabilia division. Um, but I'm going to guess that Eric Dickerson is something like a, like a $50 autograph. So I usually just tell people it's the, usually the value of the item plus the value of the autograph. So I'm going to go with $51. Okay. <laughs> Very nice. If you have to hold a gun to my head to ask me a value on that. But again, that's just, I'm just, I'm just taking a stab there. So he's the Adam from Dave and Adam's card world. Of course, they got the big shop up on, on Sheridan, which is enormous. And you guys have come such a long way, man. I mean, Talk about sort of the, the genesis of the company. How'd you get into it? How'd it start up? And, and man, it's, it's like I said, it's come so far since then. Sure. So I started collecting cards when I was a kid. Um, some of my fondest memories. And, uh, but there was a card my younger brother had. He had a Lynn Swan rookie card. I didn't even know it was Lynn Swan's rookie card, but he had a Lynn Swan rookie card. And, you know, I don't know, I was like 12 and he was 10. And I was mad that he had it. And I didn't have it. And long story short, I was going to UB and I didn't have a car. I was in such great shape. I would like jog up Hurdle Avenue over to Main Street to go to the Main Street campus, catch a bus to the Amherst campus. And uh, there were like three baseball card stores on Hurdle at the time. And I walked in one and I, I bought that Lynn Swan card for like three bucks and I was hooked. Um, and I showed my brother, you know, we're talking like, like six, seven, seven years later. And he's like, I don't care. Um, <laughs> but uh, so I ended up getting a job in uh, one of those stores, a part-time job on Hurdle. And um, that was in uh, like 1985, 86. And I started going to card shows. And I, I really loved the idea of buying something for $10 and selling it for 20. And so pretty soon, um, I was spending every nickel I had on on cards. And I was thinking, you know, like basketball and hockey and football were very undervalued at the time. So I bought a lot of that, which was a good idea. And um, was doing shows in Rochester and Syracuse, occasionally going to the big show down in New York City. And of course, every show in Buffalo, there used to be four shows a week in Buffalo during that late, that late 80s, during that craze period into the early 90s. And um, 
and then I decided, you know, I was going to go to law school. That was the plan. And I didn't really have the money because I spent all my money on cards. And my, my parents were doing fine, but they didn't have the money to send me to law school. So I just thought I would open up a card store to sell off my cards. And I asked a, a couple friends. Nobody wanted to do it with me. And I asked Dave, who's just another young guy from the shows. And Dave's like, okay. And that was, that was kind of that. And then needless to say, I didn't go to law school. So that was May 15th of 91. Wow. So we had our 30th anniversary last year uh, for the company. And, um, and I guess, you know, it's been, it's been kind of a roller coaster ride. Um, we got into mail order very early, which was good. We got into uh, e-commerce very early, which was a really good idea. And now, you know, you, you, you look at us now and I think we, we hired our 135th employee and I'm, I'm fairly certain though everybody knows us for the store. And I love the store because I don't think there's, there's another store like it in the country. Um, uh, but I think we're the largest online seller of trading card, like unopened boxes, like, you know, something like this, like trading card unopened boxes in the entire world. And uh, we, we have office in, an office in Manila in the Philippines. We're opening one up in the Netherlands. So it's been it's been a roller coaster ride. Um, so we really uh, we really enjoy it. And we're, we're happy that we're actually the fairly reasonably sized business here helping support our community. Yeah, no doubt. And it's interesting. You mentioned overseas shops because people might not know this. And I think in talking to you and some of your guys that the overseas market for American stuff is enormous. Right. And that's why you're sort of trying to take advantage of that. Sure. Basketball and soccer. Yeah. Specifically, you know, U.S. is your baseball football market. Um, since a couple of years ago, since Wall Street got interested in cards, uh, I would I would say that uh, basketball actually sells really, really well in the United States now. But still about half of our basketball sales are going to be into Asia and Europe and Australia and soccer. Same thing, maybe more than half. So, you know, and then you've got servicemen overseas. Uh, so we shipped a lot of APO boxes, a lot of football, baseball that does make it out of the country. But um, the international market is, is, is certainly key to any business like mine. So we focus on it quite a bit. Uh, so the last 30 years, I mean, how has your business and the industry fluctuated and, and is, at its, is it at its highest right now, would you say, or, or is it sort of at a, a middling ground? I mean, obviously, you know, there's a lot of, it's more than just cards now in terms of what you guys do, but like, where's it at? Sure. So, you know, that I, mean, I kind of referenced that late eighties, uh, or, or excuse me. Yeah. Late eighties, early nineties was everybody considered kind of the boom period, but you know, those were, you know, those were $10 boxes selling for like 25 and $30 and people putting cases in their basement and they all lost money. You know, these giant 70 pound cases, people lugged down to their basement and they kept them there. Um, and then you had some periods of, of ups and downs. The market went down and they came back in the mid nineties and it's kind of ebbed and flowed. 2001 was a great year. Then you had the uh, kind of that recession, that real estate based recession in 2008. And that, that hurt everybody. Um, and so it's kind of ebbed and flowed. And then um, sometime in um, kind of in coinciding with when COVID came along, like in the early part of 2020, um, 2019 already Wall Street and big investment and outside money started looking at our business because they, you know, you'll say trading cards are outperforming the stock market. And so there became a lot of interest in it. And then uh, COVID was kind of the final catalyst where people were home and looking to, to do something, invest their money. And you know, people made a lot of money in crypto. People made a lot of money in sneakers and a lot. And then people made a lot of money in cards. And some of that crypto and sneaker money 
just come into cards and it's, it's gotten really, it's gotten really crazy where you see the value of like a Michael Jordan rookie card has gone up 10 times and Mickey Mantle's rookie card has gone up 10 times and, and, uh, and they're not alone. I mean, everything just went, went kind of crazy. So this is the best it's ever been to answer your question. This is the, the, the craziest we've ever seen it. It, it changed the lives of, of everybody I know in this business, including my own. And, and, and as COVID was kind of starting to slow down and, we, and, and conventions were coming back and, and I would go to these things and I would see somebody I hadn't seen in 18 months and you just look at each other and just like, you know, you don't know what to say. It's just been, it, the word we use the most often is it's been stupid. This business has been stupid. And uh, everything ebbs and flows, you know, so we're, we're probably starting coming back to the down cycle, but it's been, it's been great while it's lasted. So you mentioned dacardworld.com. I went on and did a, a 30 second research. Okay. You have a, a Panini 1819 case listed at $80,000. Sure. Um, uh, so the person that has $80,000 of disposable or investment income what does that guy do with that box once he's paid $80,000 for it? Well, there's a few things people do when we sell high-end cases to them. Um, I would say about 50% of them, they put it on the shelf. Um, you know, 18, 19 basketball, you're talking about Luka Doncic. He is kind of the Crosby of basketball where he's probably going to be an all-time all great. He whines a little bit. I wish he'd stop that. But um, he's an unbelievable player. If Dallas could get their act together, I mean, they're a playoff team, but they're, they're not a championship team. If they could get their act together and win some championships, I think, you know, his cards have already gone up quite a bit and they will continue to go up. So if somebody's a believer in, in him or Trey Young down in Atlanta, um, they buy that case, they put away and hope it appreciates in value. Um, and another half of the guys will buy that and they'll just live stream break it. And they'll sell slots, either, you know, random team slots or something like that. And they'll just live stream break it. And um, I think we sold a case for $100,000 last month. And uh, they, they had a live stream break on it. I don't think it, I don't think anything good came out. But, you know, it's still interesting. You know, there's some, there's hundreds of very significant, uh, what we talk, breakers uh, across the world. And they're always looking for something to elevate their channel. And, you know, having a, a crazy high-end case like that, that they rip live um is is usually good for them from a marketing perspective yeah so again for people that don't know because this is if, if you're an, if you're older in the collecting world you know probably 40s and 50s you probably don't know what a breaker is but basically it's kind of what we're doing but it's a single guy and you can't see the guy most of the times you only see like a, a pack like you'll open up a box take out a pack right totally unopened yeah. and one at a time kind of go through card after card after card after card now my question to you is and I was really interested in this, and, and uh, I know you'll have the answer, but I would assume once that, and I guess I'm wrong automatically in asking this question, but when you open the pack and someone has touched that card, how does that card not depreciate in value? Yeah, I think you're looking at it from a, maybe from a, a, a different perspective than, than, than most collectors might look at it, and that is, you know, you, you, know, you, you can't, so, so what breaking has done? is this box right here is uh that i'm holding here is it's an 1800 dollars basketball box right most people can't afford to do that uh to, to buy a box like that uh, but some people might want to take a shot at anthony edwards lamella ball rookies and um and so instead of paying 1800 they might buy into a break at 59.95 and they'll get a random team and they'll hope that they get charlotte that they that they pull a ball but really it's for their 59.95 they're in a community now 
because they'll be part of a break. There'll be chat going on. All the other people in the break will be congratulating each other. A big hit will come out and it'll end up on YouTube and getting a ton of views. And, you know, it's, 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 it's created what used to be people ripping packs in a card store. It's just made it an online phenomenon, you know, where, you know, when you talk about one of these hundred thousand dollar cases being broken, there could be thousands of people in there in the chat, watching it, viewing it, talking about it. It's, it's kind of changed the face of our, of our business. I think we have five breakers on staff right now, and I don't think we break 24 seven, but we're close. And it's, it's, um, it's, it's pretty interesting. Um, but so if, once they touch the card, unless they drop the card, they don't hurt the value of the card. Um, but it does come down to this box right now is $1,800. And after you open it, it could be $200. It could be $10,000 is basically yeah. I think what what's inside asking. it. Yeah. Um, but as a purist, um, if I'm going to open up a box of cards, I'm just going to open up a box of cards. I'm not going to buy a box of cards from someone in another part of the world and, and have them open it for me online. <laughs> I, I get the appeal. Uh, but I am a purist. I'm, I'm going to open it. I want to open it myself. Um, so what? So sport that's most profitable right now? It sounds like basketball. basketball. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that is why. Yeah. And um, I think it's because um, Tops has done a great job with baseball, but uh, but some of the Panini brands that they establish in basketball that they that are also in football have really really caught on. And let's face it, football is America's sport. And so football has kind of exploded in trading card popularity over the past couple of years. Uh, basketball, because of its international appeal, um, there's just not enough Lamello rookies to go around. The limited ones, you know, numbered ones, autographed ones, there's just not enough to go around. And so it's, it's caused the value of the boxes and the cases to kind of explode. Um, so basketball by far is the best and then football. And then hockey and baseball, there's not a lot of, we're maybe the largest U.S., one of the largest two or three sellers of hockey in the country uh, in the U.S. Uh, we don't sell into Canada because Canada has their own distribution. But in the U.S., if you're a card collector and you want to buy a box of upper deck hockey cards, you're pretty much going to you know, come to us because we have it all. So hockey, we've been able to make really strong. But, but basketball is the key. Is the one. Um, will you guys be getting into NFTs at all? I mean, and, and is that something that you think has a strong foreseeable future well if you're a uh, if you if you think if, if i think i'm too much of a purist to uh, to to be in a break because <laughs> i want to open it myself well nft takes that 10 right. times the other direction right um i think that nfts are very interesting the problem with nfts are i remember in the early 90s when they would want to make a collectible of like Shaquille O'Neal and there'd be 10,000 of them. And in the early nineties, 10,000 wasn't a lot. And suddenly 10,000 was way too many of something. There weren't 10,000 people who wanted that item. So NFTs remind me of that. However, NFT, there's only one, right? So the NFT, I, uh, but you can just make them over and over and over. And so, you know, it depends on what kind of NFT you're talking about. I, I usually talk about a, you know, there'll be an NFT, like the athletes get involved and it might be Tom Brady and he might do a little video clip. Hey, it's me and Giselle at the beach with the kids. Everybody wave hi. And that's $10,000. And you can just make them every time he goes to the beach. So where's the collectability in something where it's not really unique. It can be made over and over and over and over. When somebody pays 
you know, a quarter million dollars for a nine second clip of LeBron jamming the ball during a Cleveland, during the Cleveland playoff run. Well, I can go on YouTube and watch that anytime I want. What's the value in owning that nine second clip when you're not allowed to use it to, to, you can't use it for marketing. It's still technically NBA's clip and NBA's rights. So I don't necessarily get that. Um, some of the manufa- training card manufacturers are doing unique, you know, cards and items that exist in the cloud that are truly unique. That I kind of get, you know, if you're a, you know, if you're a big, you know, card collector and, and you want Joe Burrow, you know, NFT of this particular card and it, you can, and it only exists, you know, in the cloud, I guess I kind of get it, but boy, that's, that's tough. There was an article on, on like Forbes or something like that, where the title of the article was NFTs depreciate greatly in value to surprise of no one <laughs> or something like that. And I right. just thought that kind of summed it up. It's, it's uh, uh, NFTs feel very fad like to me. And I apologize to anyone whose whole life savings <laughs> tied up in NFTs, but that's got that. I don't, I don't see those being a big part of the, of, of my future. I hope I'm wrong. I, I, you know, I'll do whatever I, I can do to, uh, to succeed, but um, I don't know. That's um, so you mentioned Tom Brady, uh, sure. you know, he's going to retire, whatever. Yeah. How much does this stuff gain value now that he's retiring? If, if, if at all, I think that usually uh, out of sight, out of mind, I think that um, in historically speaking, um, you know, somebody would say like, um, Somebody said to me, hey, when Nolan Ryan retires, so we're going back a long time, I bet his rookie cards are going to go web in value. And my answer was, you know, when he, hit, when, he, when he hits the Hall of Fame. And my answer, well, he's in the Hall of Fame now. You know, <laughs> basically, right. he's a Hall of Famer now. Right. You know, Tom Brady is the I, – I was on – one day on a, an interview on WGR, I said he was like the greatest of all time, and my phone blew up yelling at me. And so I won't say it, um, but – his, his statistics and his, his, what he's accomplished speaks for themselves. I mean, he could keep playing. Don't, don't get me wrong. I hate the guy, but you know, being a Bills fan, he can't, he can't be a Tom Brady fan, but his, his numbers and what he's done, he's going out on a literally, maybe not on a high point for how a season ended, but he's still good. And he's still in the MVP discussion. So um, I tend to believe you're out of sight, out of mind that when guys are lighting it up and they keep growing their legacy, that their cards keep going up. Um, so I will say that they may be at their heights now. Um, but if anything has shown me over the past couple years of seeing Brady cards sell for a million dollars, there's million dollar Tom Brady cards. Um, would it surprise me if next year, one of those cards sells for like $2 million? No, it, it wouldn't. So, uh, but I tend to believe that once the guy, you know, you can have some great player and then gets hurt. He's out for the season. His cards go down in value, which to me usually would tell people, you know, it's a good time to buy them. Right. Joe Burrow was, was out for a good chunk of last year. Right. He wasn't, he was hurt the previous season. And I was like at the end of the year and his cards went down in value. And I was telling people like, I'm not a speculator in individual cards, but I would tell people, I think you should probably be buying Joe Burrow. So that was a solid piece of advice. Right? Yeah. Those cards have gone up 500% maybe since, since his injury. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I wasn't in that text thread. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so you're, so based on, on that theory, people should get in on, you're not too late, but now is maybe the time to get in on, in, on Josh Allen on cards and too late for Josh and, Allen. You could have bought Josh Allen, you know, Josh Allen cards have gone up 
a thousand to two thousand percent. I mean, yeah. you could have put ten thousand dollars in the Josh Allen cards and had a quarter million dollars in cards now if you bought wow. the right ones. Man, um, the, the time to buy Josh was when uh, all of us, including me, didn't believe in him. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so so sorry, Josh, so wrong. Uh, <laughs> add me that list of so stupid. Sorry. Um, <laughs> that was the time to buy his cards, and now you know. I mean, sure. I mean, if, if uh, I don't even talk about the Bills going to Super Bowl, I've lived through too much, to, you know, too much heartache. But um, short of him at this point going to Super Bowl, winning Super Bowl, I mean, his cards are just, it's so funny to see, to me, doing this for 30 years, to see a Buffalo Bill whose card is so popular. I mean, people love the guy. I mean, people in other, the, the effort he put forth in Kansas City, people just love him. Yeah. Um, all over the country, there's people wearing Josh Allen jerseys who aren't necessarily Bills fans. And, and it doesn't hurt that we have the kid and how he plays. It doesn't hurt we have national guys, you know, like Kyle Brandt, basically. I mean, the, the arguably the biggest Bills cheerleader on national TV. Yeah. And, and then you got, you know, other national celebrities, you know, talking Peyton Manning saying go yeah. Bills on SNL on Saturday. I just I mean, saw that this morning. Yeah. Isn't that great? Yeah. Um, let's, let's have some fun with this. So Adam Martin, dacardworld.com, David Adams Cardworld. Um, best thing you ever acquired. And I, you, I know you and I were on my radio show some years ago and you talked about, um, a saber deed or something like that. Is that, yeah, is I still that, have that, yeah, that was pretty neat. That's, uh, we, we bought, uh, in an auction, the, um, the original document granting the Knox uh, brothers, uh, a hockey franchise. And so I, I you, when you asked me yesterday, you know, you text me like, Hey, we'll talk about these types of things. I mean, that's always kind of my go-to it's, it's framed, it's hanging up. I, I love it. I mean, I've been a Sabres fan since I was a little boy and, and now I have a, a maybe the, you know, the best piece of Sabres history you can have, at least one of the best ones. And it's, it's pretty, it's pretty fantastic. It's, it's hard for me to think of anything that it's, it's maybe not that valuable. We've had a lot of other things that are, that are much more valuable and we've had million dollar comic books, you know? Wow. So, yeah. So, so we've had a lot of things that are much more valuable, but it's unique. It means a lot to me as a Buffalo sports fan, and um, that was a great story. So that that might be my favorite that that particular document. So what? So um, are those comic books your 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 most expensive thing you've come across? No, we don't. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Like you know, I'll we'll buy. It, so we have you know basically my life is pretty boring. It's distribution. <laughs> it's unopened boxes and cases on pallets and trucks and stuff going out UPS looking at spreadsheets. My life is pretty boring, but we have like 20 guys who work for the company who get to do what I used to do back in the day. They run around, they run around all around the North America buying collections and going to shows. And they're the ones who come back ball and they're like, Hey, I got this cool Babe Ruth autograph ball. Or I got this Mickey Mantle rookie, or I got this, you know, Joe Namath game worn Jersey or this, you know, first Superman comic. And they, they, they come back with these things. I'm always like, wow. <laughs> you know, sometimes I have to decide, Hey, do I, do I want that for myself? You know, sometimes I do, but, um, but especially now with the market and collectibles, so crazy. Um, it's not uncommon for them to, you know, go to a show and, you know, spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on all kinds of unique, unique things that we, they bring back and then we resell. So they have the fun, they have the fun job. I think they have the fun job. Anyhow. So uh, now I'm going to switch back to being a little bit more serious. So, Getting th- do you, you you have people that work for you that certify stuff, right? Whether it's cards or or autograph memorabilia, things like that. No, right? I mean they, not really. I mean you, you have people who are experts, 
who, you know, they'll, you know, take comics, right? So comics for years, there, there's restoration that gets done on comics. And so if, if, if you go to a collector calls you and says, you know, I have this first Batman comic, you know, and I want to sell it and I want six figures for this comic book, you know, you have to have the expertise to be able to look at it and say, this does not appear restored to me. And on a scale of one to 10, this looks like it could be a six. And so this is a good deal. And if you're wrong, you buy it and it's restored, it's a restored book or it's a five, then suddenly it, it wasn't a good deal. So you have to have guys who are experts, but there are third parties like CGC does comic books and, 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 and NGC are part of their business. They do coins are based out of Sarasota, PSA, of course, and Beckett, they grade cards. And so generally speaking, anything real high end that you buy now, there's a third party that you'll send the item to, to get their opinion and they'll slab it. They'll put it in a holder and, and, um, and that way people can buy and sell things knowing what they're getting. Yeah. You know, I can't emphasize how important that is. Um, so I would say we have experts who can, who believe that it's real uh, when they buy it, believe that it's what it is. Uh, but we make mistakes. We, we bought a Michael Jordan PSA 10 rookie card a few years ago. Now that card is a few hundred thousand now, but at the time it's like 25,000. And we bought it and the card was fake. The holder was fake. The label was fake. It was wow. just a great, great counterfeit. So, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, that's crazy. Perfect. That's crazy. And, and I, I guess the reason why I asked that is because um, my wife hates me for the fact that I have tubs and tubs and tubs of stuff that I think are worth something. And, you know, to, to, to send any or all of that to a place like PSA or Beckett, first of all, I get it. They're established. They're not going to screw you in terms of getting it back because a lot of times you have to send it and it's a month before you get it back or see it again. And it's also going to cost you, what, 30, 35 bucks to have it certified and it comes back and it's worth 20. <laughs> so you're right. like, damn it. So there's... So Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, so selfless, selfless plug. What, what there's uh, one of the top authenticators in the country is a guy named James Spence and he has a yeah. business called JSA and he's right up there with PSA and BAS, which is Beckett's authentication for autographs. And I think we have JSA come to Buffalo and do, uh, do signing certification in the store two or three times a year. So uh, consistently dealers ask me like, Hey, when is JSA going to be? And I have to ask someone because I never know. But with two or three times a year, JSA comes in and does uh, authentication uh, for uh, for people like you, such as yourself, who don't want to have to ship it all, right? And, I, and don't ask me what the rates are. It's not cheap. You know, so to get an opinion on a Mickey Mantle autograph is, is not like $20. I'm sure it's, right. it's more. But for something like a Jim Kelly or a Thurman Thomas or something you wanted to get certified if you ever wanted to resell it, um, then you're talking about, I think in that, in that kind of lower, much lower price range, but. So, uh, the business you got into 30 years ago is booming. Um, you guys not only do cards, but you do gaming, you do comics, you do toys, you do autograph merch, um, all kinds of stuff. You can see, you know, clothing as well. You can see it all in the Sheridan drive store, uh, the, the meg, the megalopolis, I'll call it of, uh, of collecting or collectibles, uh, David Adams card world. Um, awesome to do this. And, and I, I mean, I have, we'll do it again. So, so sure. I can ask you the rest of my questions. You, you, you're working, you got a busy day ahead of you. You got to go make money and do your cards, whatever, and probably open up some decks or packs yourself. Um, at any rate, this is awesome to catch up. I'm glad we finally did it, man. And, uh, dacardworld.com 
for you collectors out there. They are a Buffalo company, arguably the biggest distributor in the world right here in Buffalo. I know you guys are big in the, in the charitable uh, and, and philanthropy and stuff like that. And we appreciate yeah, please, that. If you, if you, if you have a, if you have a cause, if you're West New York, and you have a cause, if it's maybe someone who's a, a, a sick dad or your school is hurting for something, or you have a little league team, some little league team had their, their place broken into and we help we help them out. Uh, but if you're a charitable cause in West New York and you aren't coming to us, uh, you're making a mistake because we'll help everyone. Yeah. And I've seen it and I've seen it done a million times, uh, having worked with a bunch of char- uh, charities myself. So um, awesome. to. Ha- I mean, it's been great. This is awesome, dude. I'm, I'm glad we could finally get it done. Thanks, Paul. All right, man. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks.